comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumasi, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. A certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Somebody say 38 years. Yeah. If you have any problem that has lasted for 38 years, that's a long time. Sometimes people have a, a problem one year, two months, six months. Now, even two months, people are ready to give up. 38 years at one position for a long time. The Bible said, Jesus, when Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he had already been there in that condition a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? Because I realize as a pastor, there are some people they don't want to be well. They don't want to be well. The, the, the most difficult person to help as a doctor, Dr. Do, uh, Youngson, is the patient who is, doesn't want to be well. You give them the drug, they won't take it. You give them all the things they need to be well, they will simply not take it. It's heartbreaking. I don't know for you as a medical doctor, but as a pastor, it can be very heartbreaking. You pour your heart out to a person and you want to see this person do well. The thing you have exercised, you have used, and that's worked for you, you are telling the person and the person will simply not do it. There are some people I have decided I won't waste my time talking to them. I'll just pray for them. Amen? Yeah, I'll just pray for them. Just pray for them. Just pray for them. When your condition becomes worse that your pastor is praying for you, you have a very serious condition on you remember when uh, 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 Samuel told uh, uh, Saul that I will no longer counsel you. He left him. But the Bible said he ceased not to pray for Samuel. Yeah, because a pastor's duty is to pray for people. But you are most blessed when your pastor can counsel you. When you have a pastor who can speak to you and you say, yes, I'm going to do it. You are most blessed. But when you have the counsel and you don't work with it, this job, when you are starting out, you want to speak to everybody. But when you stay with it for some time, you begin to see that the best person to speak to about anybody is God. The best person to speak to about anybody is God. The Bible said the things which you have seen, the things which you have handled, the things which our eyes, our hands have handled, these are the things concerning the word of life. Pastor George, sometimes it's so painful. Something you are sharing with others and they are taking it hook, line, sinker, exchanging their lives. You share it with somebody who may be way down the line is not accomplished as much as those people have accomplished. And those people are giving you hearing ear. These who are, in a sense, babies are ignoring what you are saying. It can be very painful. But of course, I mean, ultimately, every man has his life to live. Praise God. A man walked into this church one day I preached, I was preaching on love. He had serious issues with his wife. When he heard the message, he stepped out of the service to go and call his wife. Before the service was over, 
the wife had come to town. The wife had come to town. He stepped out of the service, went to uh, call the wife, and subsequently didn't come back to the service. Went to make amends with the wife. People are sitting in this church. In this church. And they are expecting that I will come and sit down with them in my office. Listen, I have too many things on my hands. Too many things. There's a family life unit in the church. There are other people in the church. Apart from pastors and some core people, I don't counsel anybody again. I, I, I've told my, I'm not going to be wasting my time to counsel some people. They, don't, they, just, they, they know what to do and they don't. By the time you are in the church and you have a marital problem and we have to refer you to somebody outside the church. And even after those people have spoken, still, hey, some people have hard heart too. <laughs> the sick man answered him, said, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Verse 8. Jesus said to him, rise up, take up your bed and walk. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 6. The Lord our God spake unto us in Europe saying, you have dwelt long enough in this mount. Somebody say long enough. Long say long enough. Long enough. Yeah, long enough in this mount. When you don't know the solution to a problem, it can stay with you for a long time. Yeah. And sometimes it is actually your ability to admit that you don't have the solution that will give you access to the solution. Amen? Yeah, sometimes your ability to admit that. Your ability to admit that. So we started by saying, I want to round it up today. So uh, I will end this series today. Amen? Yeah. yeah. I'll end it today. I will not continue after this series. And if you are dealing with any issue that has overstayed its period, go through part one, part two, part three, part four. Listen to it again and again. If you listen and you don't get the solution, uh, then you talk to God. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked on the force of thanksgiving and praise, the force of prayer, the force of wise counsel, the force of vision. The force of wait, wait, wait. The force of faith, the force of diligence, the force of focus. And tonight I want to focus on a principal force. They call it the force of wisdom. Somebody say the force of wisdom. The force of wisdom. This thing is crucial. When this is in place, there are certain things you see around a person. Anybody who works in wisdom, there are things you see around them. Praise God. And I want you to come with me to Proverbs chapter. In fact, let's start from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7 to 9. The Bible says, wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get it. And with all thy getting, get understanding. What understanding? The understanding that wisdom is a principal thing. With all thy getting, everything you get, make sure that you get the understanding that wisdom is a principal thing. Wisdom is not one of the things. It is the principal thing. Every other thing can be in place. If wisdom is not there, you can still be displaced. Wisdom is the principal thing that must be in place. When wisdom is in place, among many things, you see progress and advancement. In the book of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 to 16. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 to 16. He said, happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. Somebody say, happy is a man. When you see people who are perpetually miserable and sad, wisdom may be lacking. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. 
and the man that getteth understanding. Go to verse 14. He said, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver. And the gain thereof than fine gold. Verse 15. She is more precious than rubies and all the things that can be said are not to be compared to her. Verse 16. He says, length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. Verse 17. Happy her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her parts are part of peace. When you see a wise person, among many things, you see that they are very calm. They, they, are not, they don't live their life under perpetual pressure. Some people have borrowed money they don't need to impress people who cannot be impressed by them, and they brought themselves under undue pressure. Instead of going for a good name, they have generated a bad name for themselves. This is a corner of we see to an The Bible says a good name is rather to be chosen than great, precious riches. Listen, you may not have money, but have a good name. Even if you don't have money and you have a good name, that good name can bring you into a place of prominence. But no matter how much you have, if your name is bad, nobody wants to do business with you. It's like Lebanese. Yeah. Yeah. They like to cheat you and when you work for them, they want to cheat you. When they are buying from you, they want to cheat you. And when... <laughs> they are very wild people. Praise God. But may you be a different Lebanese. All of them are not like that. Proverbs chapter 30. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 30. There are four things which are little on the earth. But they are exceedingly wise. Somebody say exceedingly wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. Now go to verse 27. 27. The locusts have no kin, yet they all advance in ranks. This is what we are talking about. They are not stagnated, they advance. The locusts have no kin, yet they advance. They advance. Locusts are advancing. How come a human being you are stagnated? Wisdom. Wisdom. If you look at all the four animals, all of them have their limitations and weaknesses. But they still made progress regardless. The ants are weak, but they don't go hungry. But have you realized that the Bible said the young lions suffer and uh, they, they, they lack and suffer hunger. Lions who are strong are hungry, but ants are not hungry. Wisdom. Wisdom. The ants are people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. Verse 27. 27, please. The locusts have no king. Go to verse 28. The spider skillfully grabs its hands and it is in king's palaces. Praise God. Yeah, that's fine. These are, the Bible says they are small. So life is not a function of size or strength. Advancement and progress in life is a function of sense. Not size, not strength, but sense. And biblical sense for that matter. Because sometimes I realize I've had discussions with people and I realize that they are full of worldly sense, but no spiritual sense. And it's even disastrous. If you are empty of sense, it is fine. You can easily be filled. But when you are full of worldly sense, you have to be empty before you are filled. And the emptying process can be very difficult. James chapter 3, verse 13. James chapter 3. Wisdom. 
I just prayed that I finished. Who is a wise man? And endure with knowledge. Let him show out of a good conversation with conversation his works of meekness of wisdom. Verse 14. But if you are bitter envy and strive among you, glory not and lie not against one another. This wisdom, somebody say this wisdom. Uh -huh. You see, there's a certain wisdom that does not come from God. Oh. There's a certain wisdom. We get it from school. We get it from motivational books. It doesn't come from God. It doesn't come from God. There's a certain business wisdom. It doesn't come from God. You have borrowed some money, money for business and you have been using it. Now you have received some. Instead of sending the money back, you say, I'm reinvesting it. That kind of wisdom does not come from God. Because the person has not asked for it. Oh, this guy cried here. He doesn't need it. Really? It doesn't come from God. It doesn't come from God. You are praying for God's favor on that kind of business. It doesn't work like that. The Bible said this wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. So he tells you about four different kinds of wisdoms. The wisdom from above, the wisdom that is earthly, the one that is sensual, and the one that is demonic. All of those wisdoms are available. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. But I'm talking about the wisdom from above. Praise God. Verse 16, the wisdom from above. Let's see some of the things that, verse 16, the wisdom from above. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom, come on, somebody say the wisdom. The wisdom. Say the wisdom. Yeah. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Pure, 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 pure. You don't use wisdom that is trying to undercut somebody, destroy somebody. That is not a godly wisdom. You want somebody to come down so you go up. It's not from God, my brother. It's not. They say it's peaceable. When a woman manifests this wisdom, there will be peace in her house. Praise God. There will be peace in her house. Bible said a wise woman builds a house but the foolish one destroys it. The foolish one destroys it. One of the things that you can that can help you build your home as a wife is to walk in wisdom. If you fail to walk in wisdom and the first place your wisdom must master is your mouth. Why? If you can use the wisdom because see the Bible was talking about that here and he talked about show by your meekness Worse. Worse. There is no man who is so stubborn he won't be tamed by a woman who is very submissive and very uh, calm. But when he speaks one, you give him one that he will meditate on for one month. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Women, if your husband feels disrespected by you and he can sleep with anything, anything that respects I mean anything that respects him, if your husband feels disrespected by you, he can anything, anything that gives a man respect affects him so much that he can do just anything for that, that thing. And we men, if you are looking for a woman to marry, make sure she respects you highly. That, that should not be an issue of compromise. A woman who you are not very sure, that's not a woman to marry. She must respect you very highly. Very highly. Very highly. If you're a woman, learn to respect men. 
The way you learn how to respect your husband is by learning to respect men in general. Before I got married, I learned how to open doors for uh, ladies. So if I'm, say tomorrow, I can open a car door for any lady. When I'm working with mom, it's not a difficulty for me to open the car door for her. About, uh, I think about three months ago, she told me, I have not opened a door for her in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was telling her, because uh, <laughs> now you drive, I drive my own, so. Bible says it's peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. When this wisdom is available, there's no fight. When the wisdom of God is available, there is no much content. Did you see where Proverbs says that all her ways are peace and all her paths are pleasantness? When you go to a home that is governed by wisdom, everywhere is peaceful. Joy. I have said it too many times on our altar. A peaceable home is not a product of prayer. It's a product of wisdom. Through wisdom and houses built by understanding is established. You can pray all your way from the valley to the mountain top. You will still have problems in your home if you don't learn to walk in wisdom. 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 Mercy and good fruit without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, I'm going to show you 10 ways wise people overcome stagnation. 10 ways. If I'm able to finish, fine. If I'm not able to finish, I just end it there. Ten ways wise people overcome stagnation. One, by building their lives on unshakable and immovable foundations. Usually, I've realized that wise people usually like hard terrains. When they are doing things, they don't like to use shortcuts. They like to use hard terrains. They like hard terrains. You can always, there are always two ways. Everything you want to do, there are two ways. Somebody said there are two ways. There's a broad way and there's what? A narrow way. There's a straight way and there is a restrictive way. Everything you want to do in life. Everything you want to do in life. If you want to marry, there's a broad man and there's a narrow man. There's a broad woman and there's a narrow woman. Everywhere. Everything you want to do, there are two ways. The Bible said there's a way we seem at right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There's a way of death, there's a way of life. Blessing, there's a way of blessing, there's a way of cursing. This is that I've said before thee life and death. Choose life that thou and thy seed may live. It's all important, praise God. The Bible said, wise people, they build on unshakable foundation. And I'm telling you, if you're going to build on unshakable foundation, you are going to really struggle hard to build. It's not easy to build on a rock. That's what the Bible says. The wise man built on the rock. First of all, think about foundation on a rock. How do you put a foundation on a rock? Satuto is into building. Yeah, how do you build on a rock? That's, that's the first thing you have to think about. Matthew 7 verse 24. He says, Therefore, whosoever hear these things of mine and do them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. How do you do that? You spend all your money on a rock. There are people who are building on the rock. Others are building somewhere. And when you are building on the rock, you, you, sometimes you are slow in life. And it looks like you don't have taste. People look at you and it looks like you are wasting your time. You are marking time. When shall it be your turn? And they will say all manner of things about it, but it's a matter of time. If you are building on a rock, just concentrate and build on the rock. Because when you eventually finished, 
all the people who mocked at you before, they will look at you and they wish they had learned from you. Am I communicating here? Building on the rock does not come easily. And because of that, this younger generation like to build on sand. You can have a, a, a lady who fears God, loves God, and the home may not be so rich. And you see this brother, or Joshua's brother, looking up, looking, instead of considering this one for a wife, he's looking at somebody who has a car. And when she brings the car, and now begins to let you know that we are not mates, you came into the marriage on Legacy's Benz. I came into the marriage on Mercedes Benz. We are not mates. Then he say you want to run. Don't bring it to my office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we join people together. We don't dissolve people. Yeah, that's what we do. I would like him who built his house upon the rock. You see, the foundation you build anything on is very important. That's, the Bible said, if the foundation, Proverbs chapter, uh, Psalm 11, verse 3, if the foundations be destroyed, the righteous can do nothing. When you are starting a relationship, you're building on sex. It has no future. It has no what? It has no future. You build it on beauty. It has no future. You build it on money. It has no future. All of these things are very transient. They can go in a split second. That's why the Bible says that a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Am I communicating somebody here? It's so important that you, you check the foundation upon which you are building your lives. Some of you, you build your life on comparison. So what somebody else is doing, that's what you are compelled to do. You are competing with other people. Instead of doing something that will secure your future. I pray that God will give you wisdom today. Yeah. Because see, when you build on the sun, you'll be stagnated. How are you going to be stagnated? You have to build again and again, again and again. But the one who built upon the rock forever, the next 10 years, he doesn't need to build anything. But in 10 years, you can build uh, 10 times. Why? Because the foundation was weak. His foundation was weak. That's how wise people overcome stagnation. By starting it right. Somebody say, start it right. You see, start it right. Start it right. The journey is already long. But if you start it bad, it will be more difficult for you to make it right. So start it right. Number two, by planning their life strategically. Somebody say, planning their life strategically. Wise people plan their lives strategically. They don't live life haphazardly. They don't just live life as it comes. Today I want to do this, I do it. No, they have everything they are doing is fitting into a master plan. There's a master plan in place, which they are following. Everything. Their relationships are planned. Their money is planned. Their uh, investments are planned. Everything they do is planned. Strategically. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 5. He said, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. Somebody say good planning. Good planning. There are many Christians and particularly charismatic Christians who don't have value for planning. Planning, 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 planning. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. By hasty shortcut lead to poverty. Proverbs 27, verse 20, 24, 27. Do your planning and prepare your fields before building your house. Somebody say, do your planning. Planning. You see, 
If you don't learn to plan as a child of God, then you are actually not acting like God. God is a wise master planner. He didn't create Adam before he created what he was going to eat. What Adam was going to eat was made available. Where he was going to stay, the garden was ready before he came. Where plan? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the, the, the earth was without form and darkness was upon. Let there be light. Why? Because you need light before you create anything. Everything was done according to a perfect plan. He was not just doing things. Before, in fact, he planned and actually had plan B. He planned to be in fellowship with man. But knowing before time that man was going to mess up. He planned for, in the book of Proverbs, uh, Rome, uh, I think Revelation 13, 8. He said Jesus Christ was slain before the foundations of the world. Plan B. But you plan A, you don't have it. Plan B. All your buckets, your, your eggs are in one bucket. I must travel. What of you if you don't travel? You want to travel is a good thing. If God is leading you to travel. But what of in the next 10 years if you are not traveling? Your life will be a mess. Oh. If you don't sit down and plan your life. Be a mess. Total mess. Somebody says, I'm going to give you money to start something. And the money has not come. And you are sitting there waiting for the money. Listen, plan and start doing something with your life. Am I communicating here at all? Charismatics usually don't like these messages. But listen, we are raising a different generation of believers. We We like the message that says God will do it. God will fix it. God doesn't fix everything. God doesn't fix it. And if God will fix it for you, when you have a plan, God can fix it better for you. Luke chapter 14 verse 28. He said, don't begin until you count the cost. For who will begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Verse 29. He says, otherwise you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone will laugh at you. When you don't plan, you, you end up becoming a mockery in life. He says, then they will say, there is a person who started a building and couldn't afford to finish. May you not start things and not finish them. Yeah. Everything you start, receive grace to finish it. Yeah. Can somebody give me a believing amen? Yeah. It takes planning. Sit down, plan it, plan it, plan it, plan it. Plan, review the plan, plan, review the plan, plan, review the plan. How can you be at one spot for 38 years? I mean, and the pool is ahead of you. If he planned that he would even take one step every day or crawl on his buttocks every day. I'm sure some way, somehow, at one of those times when the, 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 the angel came, his legs would have been in the pool and would have just been assisted. But he had no plan. And all he was saying that I have no man. Sunday, 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 Sunday. Listen, you will not stagnate your life. You will not stagnate your destiny. Plan your life. Plan your life. Plan to grow spiritually. Most people can plan almost every other area of their lives except their spiritual life. They live it. They want to be spiritual in a vacuum. Let me tell you, nobody becomes spiritual in a vacuum. Nobody becomes rich in a vacuum, true of us. Nobody becomes rich in a vacuum, true of us. You have not invested any money. You have not committed any money into savings. Then all of a sudden, I'm rich. No, it doesn't happen like that. 
it will only be like that in your dreams. Praise God. If you must be rich in actual sense, you need to have a plan. It's the same thing with your spiritual life. If you must be spiritually rich, you must have a plan. Somebody say, have a plan. Have a plan. Have a plan. Number three, have a plan. Plan. And I think I should mention to plan your family. We live in a continent where people give birth and they want others to take care of them for them. It's, it's so, so some way. They give birth and they want somebody to take care of them. Say, media me penkodasem. Sebi sebi. Come again. Sebi sebi. Something is not a correct up. Media me penkodasem. Media me penkodabi bri. I mean, there's nothing. Yeah. Then go to children's home and take care of all of them. A lady is not working, her husband is not working, and she's pregnant. She's pregnant. They say family planning, they always be You see, you see, it's it's a very it's a very serious thing. You don't sit in the office, I sit, so you don't hear some of the things I hear. Sometimes you are then somebody comes. Pastor Obet You listen and it's it's just it's just off. Last Sunday I was in Takwa. Somebody called. I think when I was traveling to Takwa, somebody called me. Pastor, now <laughs> Yeah. Because I've helped him before. Another one has come again. Listen, I'm not a father Christmas. Yeah, that's the truth. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. And it's all around us. All around us. People, we live in a continent that does not allow people to plan their lives. You marry. One year has not come and people are expecting another number one. As if they are going to take care of your child for you. As if they are going to take care of your child for you. Mumba would have been, your child could have any more. Listen. Find, tell them. You see, sometimes you just have to be nice and diplomatic and tell people off. So that they will leave you alone. People bring unnecessary pressure upon young couples that I simply don't get it. Young couples. Young couples. People have just married. They have not bonded well. They don't know themselves so well. And you want to introduce another problem. Yeah, because that's, that's what it is. That's what it is. They, they are just moved together to stay together, trying to get to know themselves. And all of a sudden, a child comes. If that is not planned well, it can even destroy the harmony between the, the two couples. Plan your retirement and plan your death. Plan your retirement and plan what? Your death. Plan it. Plan it. Because by all means, and thank God most of us are very young. It's a blessing. But by all means you will die, by all means you retire. Plan it. Plan it. Plan it. I met elderly people who have no will. They have so many things. Even me, I think I, I have to start writing my way. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see myself as having accomplished much, but there, there are things that have been coming to my mind, and I think I need to write my way. Yeah. The little I have, I must know where it is going before I die, so that no fool would take it and... Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I would sit down after I'm dead, then some foolish guy will come from my father's family or my mother's family, and then throw my children away, my wife away, not, not, that is not sensible. And listen, when you have a will, it doesn't mean you are going to die. 
There are people, I will teach next year, I will teach on will, writing your, write your will before you die. Africans are afraid to write will. <laughs> Tilly, it's not small. I tell you. It's not small, crowd, missus. They, they, they are afraid. When they hear will, something is wrong. They feel, ah. Who can't will as I'm telling you. But let me tell you, it's one of those subjects that we should be able to talk about openly. Openly. Okay, take your seat. Openly. You should be able to talk about Will openly, you should be able to talk about death openly because it's something that will happen to you sooner or later. Whether you like it or not, you go. We are all trusting God to live 120 years. But even after 120 years, you still have to go. I suffered a great deal in life because I, I had a, an illiterate father who accomplished something significant for himself, but didn't see the importance of... In fact, my father actually wrote a will, but the content was not too good. <laughs> yeah, my father, I, I remember, because I think I still have a copy of his will. Yeah, he wrote a will. The content was not too good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, those days, <laughs> Mr. Tutu is, it belongs a bit to that generation. <laughs> yeah, but... You know, those days, <laughs> when they, they live for their families, if I have anything, I give it to you, go. My lifetime, the things are accomplished, my children first, my wife. Am I communicating? The bonus can come to an extended family. Am I communicating here? Yeah. And if you are also here, you are Shanti Ewe, stop living for your extended family. Be a blessing to them while you are alive, but make sure that your children and your wife are not sacrificed for them. It's an irresponsible way to live. I'm not communicating here. It's, it's an irresponsible. Some of you have made yourself saviors of your family at the expense of your immediate family. Children lack some basic necessities and everything goes there. And your children have major needs. Your wife has needs and you have not even minded her. Every time you don't have money. But you have money to attend to extended family. I'm not saying don't take care of extended family. Listen, take care of extended family. But it should not be at the expense of your immediate family. Am I communicating here? Yeah. It's not, it's not a Western culture. It's a biblical culture. Am I communicating here? It's not, it's not a Western culture. It's a biblical culture. It's a biblical culture. Biblical culture. If you are taking a decision as a family, your wife is not happy with it. You have to consider it very carefully. As a man. I'm, I'm talking about as it relates to family. I'm not talking about business now. Because you can be, you will have to take some business decision. Your wife is not part of the business. Even if she's part of the business, because you lead the business, there are things that you see, she may not be able to see. So those are not things. But I'm talking about immediate family matters. I don't know why I'm here, but let me just continue. Amen. Wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. Wise people overcome stagnation by learning from history. Wise people learn from history. Wise people. When you see somebody who repeats mistakes again and again, they don't learn from history. History. Foolish people live by this uh, mantra, experience is the best teacher. That's the mantra of fools. 
experience is the best teacher. No. No. You can learn something and you won't have to experience it. You don't have to experience a divorce to know that experience is the best teacher. No. You don't. You don't have to experience an accident to know that, oh, let me go 120, 150. When it hit, you may, it's not every experience you will live to tell the story. By the time you hit 150 and you, you hit the dark spot, you won't live to tell the story. So what have you learned to come and teach others? Experience is not always the best teacher. Praise God. Experience is not the best. Wise people learn from history. Foolish people usually learn from bitter experiences. Bitter experiences. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes 9, it says history mainly repeats itself. Can you see that? History. That's why you must learn from history. You must learn from history. Learn from history. Learn from history. If you are, you are with people, look around them. Some of the decisions they made and where it has ended them. History is not always going to pick, uh, going to Ashanti Library. Is the Ashanti Library still functioning? Is there? Okay. Somehow. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to go and take a history class. That's what I'm talking about. Just open your eyes and look around you. Yeah. There are certain decisions people make and it retards their destiny. Learn from them. And don't repeat them. Amen? Yeah. After the university, I had to make decisions that have shaped my life a great deal. Amen? And it was just because I got exposed to certain people are doing things in a particular way. But I, I checked those who had been around for some time. I realized that, no. If, this is how, if I stay around for a long time, this is how my life is likely to end. Uh, I began to pray. And God began to speak to me. Yeah, like that. Learn from history. The reason why we have the Bible is uh, so we can learn. Somebody say we can learn. We can learn. That's why we have the Bible. The Bible was given to us to learn how to live our lives. In the book of Romans chapter 15 verse 4, he said, whatsoever was written aforetime was written for our learning. Somebody say learning. learning. There are people who read and they learn nothing. People who see things, they learn nothing. Learn. Learn. Learn from somebody who worked 40 years. And when he finished, he was still looking for a place to stay. Learn. 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 In Ghana, one of the people who are well paid are doctors. Yet some doctors die as puppets. In Ghana... Somebody say learn. Learn. Wise people, they learn from history. Learn from history. Learn from history. Learn from history. Number three, four. By observing, by observing and drawing lessons from progressive living from progressive people. Learn lessons from progressive living. That's how wise people overcome stagnation. They learn lessons for progressive living. Somebody say progressive living. There's a certain way of life. When you live your life that way, you won't progress. There are certain habits and behaviors. If you allow them to be part of your life, you can't experience progress in life. Yeah, you can't. You can't. And you always have to surround yourself with people who are progressing. You look at them spiritually, they are getting better. Financially, they are getting better. Maritally, they are getting better. Draw closer to them and draw lessons for progressive living from them. 
It's not every place you must be comfortable sitting. The Bible says, blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor seated in the seat of the scornful. It's not even every church you, is good you should stay in. Am I complicating here? You are not challenged. Your vision is not sharpened. And you are just there living life for the moment. That's the wrong church to belong to. That's the wrong church. I was born there. We were raised there. Listen, being born there does not mean die there. Yeah. If it cannot help you die well, then it's a wrong place to stay. Progressive. Proverbs of the 6, verse 6 to 11. The Bible says, go to the ant. Somebody say, go to the ant. Did you see where we read? Where he says, the ants are small, and yet they progress. How many of you remember that? So he says that the ant is one of those progressive beings. Go to the ant. Thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise. Verse 6, 7. Which having no guide, overseer or ruler. The same thing is repeated there. The ants have no guide. The locals have no, listen, yet they advance in ranks. And he's talking about, no God provided the meat in the summer, gathered food in the harvest. Verse 9. How long would thou sleep, O sluggard? When would thou arise out of thy sleep? Verse 10. Uh, yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. Verse 11. He says, so shall thy poverty come as one that troubled and as thy want as an armed man. Learn. Progressive people. Every time when you check your life, Every year, you have to actually audit your life. The people in your life, how many of you have challenged you to progress spiritually in your relationships? How many of them have inspired you to want to do something you fear to do? That's very important. If you live and you surround yourself with people who make you feel very satisfied with life, it's a very disastrous way to live your life. Am I communicating here? The people you hang out with, they influence you a lot. Sometimes they influence you much more than the sermons you hear in church. The people around you. That's why they must be carefully selected. Carefully, carefully selected. Carefully selected. I have a lot of acquaintances. I'm a very free person. But when it comes to friends, I'm very choosy. Very choosy. When you meet somebody who says, I'm Pastor Falker's friend, find out from me if he's my friend. Yeah. Bible says, two cannot walk together except they be what? Agreed. Amos 3 3. Proverbs 27 17. It says, Iron sharpened iron. So a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Proverbs 3 20, 13 20. It says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. 13 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. A companion of fools shall be destroyed. He said, be not deceived, 1 Corinthians. Evil communication corrupt good manners. 1 Corinthians 33. Yeah. Blessed is the man that walketh under the counsel of the ungodly, not standing in the way of sinners, not seated in the seat of the scornful. It's great car, please. Don't take it for granted at all. Identify with progressive people. You should see that you are... See, I tell people all the time, if you come to this church, and after 90 days, you are not seeing significant changes in your life, you may change church. Amen. Yeah, you may change church. And you, you, you come to my office, I'll bless you and release you. Find another church where you can be blessed. God, I'm not wasting time here. I'm not communicating here. And I don't also want you to waste your time. I hate time just being wasted and life being wasted. Because most of the time, people think that when time is wasted, life can be recovered. But when time is being wasted, life is being wasted. 
Life is measured in minutes and seconds. So if you are not putting life or something profitable into your minutes and seconds, your life is gradually being wasted away. Don't associate with things that do not add value to you. Things that do not transform you. Things that do not challenge and change you. Forget it. No matter who is there, your whole family will be there. It doesn't matter. And number, number five, by maximizing their time. Oh, I'm already there. By maximizing their time and seizing their opportunities in life. That's how wise people overcome stagnation. They maximize time. Somebody say they maximize time. They maximize time. From today, may time feel punished in your hands. Amen. I said, may time feel punished in your hands. Amen. Punish time. Don't waste it. Punish it. Punish it. The Bible says that I return and I saw under the Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. I return and I saw under the sun. This is Solomon speaking. He said, I saw that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance. Somebody say time and chance. Time and chance. Time and chance. Time and chance. You know the people who are usually most lucky in life? It is only those who learn to maximize their time. Where you fully maximize your time. When, if luck is what you believe in, when luck comes, you can seize it. Yeah. There are certain people, when certain doors open today, they can't enter because they lack what it takes to enter. They, they lack what it takes to enter. Yeah. But when you are fully maximize your life, undertaking courses that are relevant in your area of specialty, upgraded your life spiritually, the moment an opportunity comes, you are ready for it. You are ready for it. Somebody said, make it while the sun shines. Another person said that if opportunity does not knock, build a door. If it doesn't knock, build a door. Because it will surely come knocking. I wrote a book 2008, How to uh, Time and Opportunity, Your Access Keys to Greatness. Time and Opportunity. That's all I have. All my life, the only thing I've been trading with is time. Somebody say time. 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 The only thing that all of us have equal value, but not all of us uh, get the same dividends out of it. Everybody has 24 hours. Others, there are people who make uh, $50,000 in 30 minutes. 30 minutes, $50,000. Others even make it in much shorter time. Some of the footballers, if you were to count it, you see that uh, what they are taking in a week, translate it to how much they take in a week, a day. Yeah. So much! And you are there, but so the amount of 2,000, <laughs> may the Lord help us. Amen. Yeah. And I pray that a time will come when in this country we will measure people's productivity by time Amen. and not months. Because you always be cheated when you are measured in days and months. If you check your whole day, if you have 50 cities near the mouth. Yeah. 24 hours. <laughs> May the Lord help us. Ephesians 5, verse 15 to 16. Ephesians 5. Look carefully, then, how you live. Walk purposefully and worthily, accurately, not as unwise or witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. He said, making the most of the time. Buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. One way you can 
Maximize time. Is learn to trade money for time. A lot of people prefer to save money and lose time. Yeah. If you want to really be productive, buy money, lose money, and save time. Buy money, lose money, and what? Save time. Notice somewhere. Lose money. When it comes to a choice between losing money and time, lose money and save time. Money, loss, can be recovered much more when time is properly utilized. But time loss can never be bought back no matter how much you are ready to pay for it. Very important. By living a disciplined life, today be today, but I told you how close, by living a disciplined life, Wise people overcome stagnation by imposing. When we say somebody is disciplined, eh? he puts himself under laws. And I realize that people who put themselves under laws find it easy to be under laws. <laughs> you understand what I said? You didn't understand it. Okay. I said people who put themselves under laws, they usually find it easy to be under laws when it is set for them by others. Take your seats. But when people have not submitted themselves under laws, anywhere people make laws for them, they, become, they begin to rebel. They begin to rebel. They begin to rebel. I have not met a rebellious person who is also disciplined. When you put yourself under laws, there are limitations on myself as a pastor. There are things I put on myself daily. Things I don't do, things I don't say. When I'm before my spiritual father, there are things I don't say. When he asked me, my words are very few. Yeah. And it's deliberate because I'm conscious that he's somebody to impart me, somebody I must learn from. That's not the place to go and show my knowledge. No. How much do I know? How much have I seen? Praise God. Discipline lives. What to the old land? Somebody say, What to the old land? When thy king is what? A child. And thy princes eat in the morning. Blessed art thou, O land, when thy king is the son of nobles, and thy princes eat in due season for strength and not for drunkenness. That's discipline. Somebody say discipline. Knowing when to eat and when not to eat. You must know that in this church, Wednesdays we fast. And because you are indisciplined, you don't do it. Say amen. amen. 6 to 12, 6 to 3, 6 to 6. You can do it. How many of us can do it? You can do it. You just have to put your mind to it. Some of us have deliberately also chosen to forget it. Even as I'm saying it, you are trying to push it aside. Yeah. You have to be disciplined. Be disciplined with your words. Be disciplined in your finances. Be disciplined with your time. Amen? Be disciplined. Learn to be disciplined. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 20. He says, there is treasure to be desired, and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but the foolish man spended it up. There's treasure in the dwelling of the wise, but the foolish man spends it up. You won't waste your potential. Number seven, by continuously learning. That's how wise people overcome stagnation, through continuous learning. Wise people are always learning. Always learning. You give them a book, they read it and come for another one. When you meet a wise man, he's ready for your knowledge. When you meet a foolish man, he's ready for your money. Yeah. Yeah. It's a major difference. Yeah. 
Wise people prefer knowledge. They want to be taught how to face. They don't want you to face a hand in the water. Them. Knowledge. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 5. He says, a wise man will hear and will increase learning. Somebody say increase learning. You have to increase learning. Your performance cannot become better until your knowledge becomes better. You have to increase learning. Constantly learning. Constantly learning. There is no month, no day. I don't read and I don't think. Every day I'm reading, every day I'm thinking. Every day I'm reading. Every day. At least not a chapter. At least not reading at all a chapter. Presently, I think I'm reading about four different books at the same time. This chapter a day, that chapter a day. A wise man will hear an increase learning. Learning. You become remote, uh, uh, archaic in no time if you fail to learn. And unfortunately, this is a generation where we stop learning when we finish school. Yeah, we think graduation means completion of learning. Yeah, if you have properly been educated, one mark about you is your ability to learn. When you are truly educated, when you meet a person who is well educated, he's ready to learn, quick to learn. Never get tired of learning. Never get tired of learning. There are people who say that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's a the statement of a fool. Praise God. You can't teach an old dog a new, new tricks. Let me show you what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 13. It says, Better is a poor and wise child than an old and foolish king who will no more be admonished. Better is a poor and a wise child than an old. old. When you are too old to learn, you are too old to live. Don't forget, when you are too old to learn, you are too old to live. Because we live to learn. May the Lord grant you insight. Amen. May the Lord give you understanding. Amen. Gentlemen, can you take your seat? Verse 8. Number 8. By being open and receptive to correction. By being open. Wise people. Wise people. They overcome stagnation by being open to being open and receptive to what? Correction. Somebody say correction. Say correction. If you want to overcome stagnation, please be open to correction. Be open to correction. Receptive to correction. Exodus. Let me show you something. Exodus chapter. Moses the most anointed. And this is a very humbling text. There are people who feel they are above correction. They feel they are too old for correction. They feel they are too anointed for correction. They feel they are way above it. They are too powerful, well placed. They are too learned to be corrected. When you become too learned and too big to be corrected, your destiny will be corrupted. Praise God. Your destiny will cheaply be corrupted. You know, Neymar would have died a leper if he had not listened to the, the statement his servants made. He said, if the man had told you something, please, you would have done it anyway. He said, ah, you are, you are saying something sensible. How dare you talk to me? Shut up. No, he didn't do that. He was the ogre, but he didn't do that. Because there was something that was being communicated across him. The Bible said the next day, Moses took his seat to hear. This is Moses, the most anointed. How many of you know that Moses was one of the most anointed people in scripture? Most anointed. I simply don't have time to show you the, how this man was anointed. He was highly learned. In fact, 
according to Josephus, he says Moses was an architect, he was a military general, and he was an educationist. A number of things, too many things in one person, Moses. Highly learned. The Bible says he was learned in all the learnings of the uh, Egyptian people. There was nothing that he didn't know. God spoke to him. And the Bible, God was also speaking to him. He said, if there is any man of race, I've spoken to him in visions and dreams. But Moses, I deal with him face to face. So if a man can be that close to God, you can't, you can't undermine his anointing. In all scripture, there's only one person who was buried by God, Moses. Highly anointed because he was so anointed that when he died, some Bible commentators believe that if God had not buried Moses, the Israelites would have carried him and worshipped him. So God buried him on their side so they don't go to look for him and uh, worship him. Heavily anointed. But this anointed person needed correction. Look at it. Moses sat, took his seat to hear people's dispute against each other. They waited before him from morning till evening. Verse 14. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, take note, saw. Somebody say saw. He asked, what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do this all alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? Verse 15. He said, Moses replied, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. Verse 16. When a dispute arises, they come to me and I'm the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. And I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. This is not good. Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. I want to ask you. Do you have somebody who can look into the face and tell you, this is not good? And you say, yes, sir. I've heard you. Do you have somebody like that? Nobody can elect himself to do that. You have to receive the person to do that. You have to give the person the right. My spiritual father knows he can tell me anything. And the answer is yes, sir. I've said it in this altar. That if anything, this woman knows where to run to. So she's secure. My wife is not somebody who feels insecure. She knows when Satan enters me and I'm misbehaving, there's a place she can go. When she goes and comes back, that devil will leave me. And that's my spiritual father. Yeah. Once he speaks, it's not, it's not about whether I'm right or not. He's my father. I've given him the power to correct me. Am I communicating? That's how. That's how you live your life. He said, what you are doing is not good. And Moses said, yes, sir. And because he was open, everything changed. His ministry lasted. A, a lot of the things we learn about administration today came from the advice a man gave. Go to every administrative setup. What we learn. Where you go, take time and read it. I don't have the time to read it. But the advice he gave him is what is using, being used to run any organization today. Look at what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 1. The good news version. If you get more stubborn every time you are corrected, one day you will be crushed and never recover. Every time you are corrected. The moment you are corrected, that's when. Because see, when you are corrected, it affects your pride. Correction really affects your pride. So if you have not learned to humble yourself, you will, you, you will be angry. Be angry. Look at Proverbs chapter 15, verse 31 to 32. If you pay attention when you are corrected, you are you are if you are pay attention when you are corrected, you are oh talk to me. If you pay attention when you are corrected, you are 
if you refuse to learn, you are hurting yourself. You are hurting the one who is correcting you. Who are you hurting? Yourself. If you accept correction, you become wiser. This Bible. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1. Anyone who loves who love knowledge want to be told when they are wrong, it is stupid to hate to be corrected. Yeah, it is stupid. When, when you are corrected and you have an attitude, you have a challenge. Ecclesiastes 7.5. Yeah. And this one is what I, I, I never saw this one today. <laughs> Look at this. No, give me the uh, CEV. <laughs> CEV, contemporary English version, please. Harsh correction is better than the songs of a fool. Harsh. Harsh. When you are told, hot, it is better than to listen to fool singing. Look at this. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 7 to 8. Bloody basa. If you correct, if you correct conceited people, you only be in, you will be, oh, say it, you will be. Yeah. So when you correct somebody, and the person insults you is a conceited person. When you correct somebody, a conceited person is a very proud person. So full of themselves, you'll be insulted. You'll only be insulted. If you reprimand evil people, you'll only get hurt. Go to verse 9, 8. He says, verse 8, never correct conceited people. And if you come to a place where you are never corrected to, you are doomed for life. Yeah. But if you correct the wise, they will respect you. Praise God. They what? Respect you. Respect you. Respect you. Respect you. Number nine. By listening and obeying good advice. That's how they change their level. They change their level. Change their level. Listen and obey good advice. Listen and obey good advice. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 15. Stupid people are always, always think they are right. Wise people listen to advice. If you think you are always wise, you can be a husband who thinks you are always wise. Amen? Yeah, you can be a leader who thinks you are always wise. Bible said stupid people think they are always right. But wise people listen to good advice. Get all the advice. Give me a New Living Translation, Proverbs 19.20. Maliba Get all the advice. Somebody say all the advice. Get all the advice and instruction you can so you'll be wise the rest of your life. Somebody say the rest of your life. I'm telling you. When you are, when you are wise, when you, you follow, you open yourself up for advice, it saves you a lot. It saves you what? A lot. I have not formally gone to Bible school. I've just listened to advice, and you don't listen to advice of nobody's. Somebody who is having serious problem with his wife is not likely to be able to give you good counsel on marriage. You should sort it out first. Am I complicating here? Sort it out first. If you have some sense to make marriage work, you won't be fighting at home. Solve your own, then gain the right to be able to advise. There are people sometimes who advise people, and you see that the people are shallow people. The person who doesn't know much, he's not accomplished anything for himself. He's not led anything significant. And you are just allowing him to speak into your life, comparing the advice of seasoned people with that ones. That was what Rohobam suffered and lost the throne. Experienced people advise him. He said, no. 
He said, no, I want my colleagues, my, my friends. They are, they said, but your friends, what have they know? All you know is what your friends know. So how can they advise you better? Yeah. All you know is what they know. All you know. All you know. All you know. All you know. The reason why this man advised Moses was because he received correction from him. Amen? Yeah. Jethro advised Moses. When you go 18 verse 7 to 21, he began to talk about Exodus. Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you are doing is not good. He said, yes, sir. Then he continued to speak. Verse 18. He said, you will surely wear out both yourself and these people with you, for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to perform all of it by yourself. Listen to me now. I will counsel you and God will be with you. Take note of that word. That is one word that has guided me in my life. God will be with you. Sometimes people are praying for God to be with them. No. One way God comes to be with you is by giving you good advice. You are praying, praying, Lord, give me an answer. God will send somebody to bring you good advice. And you are not listening to that advice. And you are still praying. God is not hearing and minding you at all. When you listen to good advice, God goes with you. Am I communicating? God goes with you. God goes with you. Don't come to church and hear the word of God, receive it, and go back and dump it and be doing your own thing. That's not a proper way to relate to advice because the word of God is counsel. God's word is counsel. And when you open yourself up for it properly, it changes your life. And then finally, I close with number 10. By applying themselves diligently to practice whatever good thing they learn to do to progress in life. Yeah. Wise people apply themselves. Somebody say they apply themselves. Oh, can somebody say it? They apply themselves. They apply themselves. When you have a wise person, they, apply, they are not learning to know. They are learning to do. Wise people learn to do. They don't learn to know. Because when you learn to know, you can become too know with it. But when you learn to do, you are looking for results. They learn to do. They learn to do. The Bible says to him, James 4, verse 17, to him that know what to do good and do it, it not. It is sin. It is sin. When you have been told all the things you've been told, everything that is correct, everything that is proper, everything else we know to do and we have done it, you have been told the same thing and you are not doing it. It's a man that you are a foolish person. Praise God. You give good information to a wise person and he fails to work with it. I pray that God will help us to walk in wisdom. And every area of your life where there is stagnation may be terminated tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus. From today onwards, may God give you grace to overcome stagnation in any area of your life. May you not suffer stagnation. Financially, no stagnation. Maritally, no stagnation. Academically, no stagnation. Your spiritual life, may there be no stagnation. From today forward, receive grace to deal with every stagnation. In the name of Jesus. You are ordained for progress. You experience progress. You are ordained for forward movement. You always move forward. In the name of Jesus. In your life, it shall only be forward ever. Backwards never. Forward ever. Backwards never. In the name of Jesus. So it shall be in your life. You are blessed. Fuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victories. 
success and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Fuakwa, please call 0540-122-670 or 0204-225-790 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Fuakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also visit our website at www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services. 6.30 a.m. First service. 8.45 a.m. Second service. And on Wednesdays for our Word Encounter service at 6 o'clock p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanaama Ejakuma Plaza. Opposite the Unity Oil Station. Santasi Roundabout. Kumase, Ghana. God richly bless you. <laughs>